Now I invite you to stand for a reading from the Gospel of Matthew. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks. This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine Let it shine let it shine. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill. Do not light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. Put it on the lampstand so it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see the good works and give glory to God. Let your little light shine. Exactly one week ago, we gathered here in the sanctuary on Christmas Eve and it was holy. Though I was at almost all the services, I had the joy of being at the 8 p.m. service and it was dark outside. And it was a wonderful time of this sanctuary filled with people and we lifted our candles as we filled this room and this sanctuary with light. And we proclaimed that love is here. Hope is here. Peace is here. Joy is here. Christ our Emmanuel is here here. Light is powerful, which is exactly why it appears as our image for today. In our passage from the Gospel of Matthew, we see the Beatitudes. Jesus saw the crowds, went up the mountain, sat down, his disciples followed him, and he began to teach. First, Jesus said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Then Jesus follows with you are the salt of the earth, which brings us to our passage for today. You are the light of the world. 
Jesus uses salt and light, things that would have particularly at that time and even still for us today are precious commodities that sustain life. Jesus uses them as tangible examples of how to live. As Professor Amy Oden states, neither salt nor light exist for themselves. They only fulfill their purpose when used and when poured out. Jesus is providing context and emphasizing for us how important it is to live, yes, live a life that is salt and light, a life that is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, a life that shares hope, love, joy, grace, and peace, the peace of Christ in all we do and in all we say. Over the last year here at Peachtree Road, there is no doubt that the light of Christ has shined brightly in our community and in our world through each of you. From their season of service that began in the season of Lent to Christmas kindness and our global partnerships with Costa Rica and Guatemala, Belize and Kenya, to Bible studies and through prayer, through music and in so many other ways. The light of Christ has been evident through the people of Peachtree Road. And the hope is that our light individually and communally as the body of Christ will continue to shine in the year ahead. This year, we are, as we launch into 2024, focusing on rekindling the flame. And we hope that you will join us in practicing spiritual disciplines that will strengthen your life of faith and help you to live as the light of Christ in the world. One way, not to spoil it, I know Bill will talk more about this in the days to come, but one way we hope that you will do that is by joining us by reading the Bible. We have daily readings that you can sign up to receive, and it is a thematic approach that takes scripture from January 7th, which is when we'll begin, all the way to the end of the year. Scripture is the start of the foundation for preparing ourselves to hear and see God anew. And we hope that you will join us on this journey of rekindling the flame of our faith. Today, we are encouraged and challenged to hear these words from Matthew's gospel from Jesus and to look at our own hearts and our own lives to be reminded that we are children of God, deeply loved, to be reminded of the powerful work of Christ in our lives and the moments when we have experienced the light and love of Christ anew in our own hearts. And we are empowered to let the light and love of God change us and in turn, so we can change the world. When I began seminary at our orientation, they like to do lots of things and ask lots of questions to make you think about your days ahead. We, at the beginning part of our orientation, were asked to sit down and to write a mission statement 
or our goal as we started on what for many of us was a new academic journey, but not only an academic journey, for many of us in that group, it was the first step toward our calling of ministry. As I sat there, all I could come up with was this statement, to share the love and grace of God I have experienced with others. I know that's very simple. (laughs) And though it was extremely simple, I felt like it covered exactly what my main purpose and goal was. Truthfully, I think in many ways it still does, which is why I pull out that piece of paper often and look at it. To live as the light of Christ, it requires our constant attention and commitment. It becomes our mission and our purpose. And to do so, we must keep our hearts in tune and our eyes focused on the love of God. Do we always get it right? No. Are we challenged to keep trying, to keep going, to keep striving? Yes. Each of us have the opportunity to choose every moment of every day, to follow Christ and to keep on keeping on, to carry the light of Christ with us and to let our light shine and to let Christ shine in and through us. I recently watched the romantic comedy Last Holiday. The plot line goes something like this. I hope also you got a chance to watch some Christmas movies, maybe not rom-coms, but hopefully you got a chance to relax and also catch up on some wonderful holiday movies. Um, One for me was Last Holiday. The plot line goes something like this. A sales clerk, her name is Georgia Bird, played by Queen Latifah, works at a department store in New Orleans. She is a careful and cautious woman that splurges on nothing. She is church-going, hard-working, and really has no time to do all the extra stuff in life. One day while she was at work, she hits her head following a cooking demonstration where she was trying to help increase the sales of the cooking products they had. She was taken to the clinic there on site and given a CT scan, and the results showed a disease that was not curable. After a few days of grieving, she decides to throw caution to the wind. She quits her job, and she takes all the money that she has saved, and she goes on an elaborate vacation to a place she's always wanted to go and to see a chef particularly that she's always wanted to meet. And no, she doesn't fall in love with the chef. She falls in love with somebody else. But anyway, Um, but the movie unfolds where she truly tries to find herself and she does. And she truly tries to find the freedom to live and she does. And in the end, she helps others do the same. Near the end of the movie, she's getting ready for this big New Year's Eve party at the hotel where she is still staying. And she's thinking about uh, this, all that has happened and her life and she's sort of recapping it and she's still thinking she's going to die and that the disease has probably run its course. Although for us, the viewers, we know at this point that the scans were from a 
defaulted and defective machine and she's not going to die. But she looks in the mirror and she says to herself, you have been very lucky. No, you didn't get everything you wanted, but you had so, so much. If we had to do it again, we'd do things different. We'd laugh more, we'd love more, we'd see the world, just not be so afraid. Many of us come here today, this New Year's Eve, reflecting on the year past and hopeful for the year to come. Today we are reminded that in our gratitude for all that this past year has brought or maybe even the regrets of things we did or didn't do, that we are called to look to Christ, the light that shines in the darkness. And we are called to renew our commitment to live as faithful followers of Christ, letting our light shine in all we do committing to love more, to laugh more, to forgive more, to hope more, and to not be afraid. In just a moment, we will end our year together in prayer. We will use a specific prayer called a covenant prayer, one that John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, used beginning in 1755 at his first covenant service. He believed that Methodists, really all Christians, should reaffirm their covenant with God annually. So he created a service using this prayer in which individuals renew his and her covenant with Christ. The covenant prayer is a declaration of love and loyalty to God. It refocuses, reorders, and realigns our life and mission with the life and mission of God. It is a pledge of our discipleship that directs us beyond ourselves and towards unity with Christ in the world that God so loves. As we look to the new year, as we anticipate all that God will do, we offer this prayer as our hope, our covenant, our commitment to Christ and our dedication to letting our light shine in the days ahead.